Hello, welcome to the Coming Plan Podcast. I'm here with my good friends Christopher and Michael. Chris and Mike, if you want to be a little less formal, uh, as I like to be. Um, we were just discussing my smelly temples. I've got a bit of a headache, so Mike gave me some tiger balm to put oh, on, yes. my, uh, good stuff. on my head. It's just here. Um, it's a bit weird. It feels weird. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's a nice cooling effect, though. But yeah, I've got yeah, cold... Sort of a cold, cold head, cold temples, but and a head, sort of, sort of a headache and a cold head and a smelly <laughs> head. It's like it's just a lot of different emotions and senses going on. All we'll, we'll just call you smelly cat. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but anyway, you can't smell it, so that's totally fine. Anyway, we're here today to talk about catalogues, um, more specifically the design of catalogues. Uh, we do a few different catalogues for various different people. <clears throat> some of which you can see peppering the desk in front of us. Uh, but I thought it would be quite an interesting thing to chat with you guys about everything that goes into the production of one of these, one of these catalogs. It's a huge amount of work and there's a lot of people involved and it's quite, obviously it's quite intense. challenging, yeah, quite intense. Um, so let's start, let's, let's kick things off with the, with the creative side of things. A lot of people see a catalog and they think the cover, that's, that's like, the be all and end all of it, but I know it kind of it goes a, a lot deeper than that, doesn't it? It does, it does. Um, I mean, the, 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 the first part of call is taking the client brief and what they want to achieve for, for that year. Um, if we're talking about the the bigger catalogs, <coughs> I suppose, like because over this past year we've produced what 18 catalogs in total, which is uh, a huge amount from. From your 12 pages right through to your 944 pages in different languages so it's all about the first part of call as i say is taking that client brief what they want to achieve this year what the what their customer target base is um and what they want to what message they want to portray because your front cover is obviously the first thing you see and that is the standout that gets uh, catches people's attention um so once you've uh, sat down, gone through the gone through uh, the brief with the client, go away, start putting um, putting some ideas together for that creative creative part of uh, the cover, and then you can start working up your internal spreads to, to go with that cover. But initially, it's getting those concepts together, um, and then pulling your team together as well. And a lot of that that for us is about thinking about the strategy behind what that. What that catalogue is for? What are we? What's the main message for this year? Yeah, and it's like the theme that runs through it as well. Yeah. So it's not just a case of going, oh, well, like we, we sell t-shirts, so let's put a t-shirt on it and make it look pretty, and that's the end of that. And I think that's that's perhaps you know one of the different ways that we approach it is to is to really think about how is this this you know this quite traditional thing of a of a catalogue or a big directory like like these. How's that going to work in other formats, in you know, on digital, yes. web, you know, on social, and all those kind of places as well? And what does it represent for the company this this year, and how is it, you know, part of where they where they're going to be going? Um, so yeah, that's kind of yeah, I think that's really interesting. <coughs> um, yeah, because every uh, every everything has to have a strategy behind it for it to really work. Like you say, it's not just a pretty cover and then work up some nice stuff inside. It's got to have the strategy behind it, who you're aiming it at, for instance. Uh, so we've got this this catalogue here that we can see, and 
got JCB workwear as well. Um, that is more the builders' markets, I suppose. If it, and you know, footwear is the majority what they what they go into, which is a, and then you've got all your technical aspects of that as well. But that's a different market to obviously we've got your Christmas brochure here for Hallmark hotels, and again, it's trying to get get that message over. With, with behind, you know, you you work with a strategy and. Um, and you, you try and get that through in the uh, creative process and the uh, and the cover. So you sort of, when, we, when we're kicking off the, the creative, I know um, it varies from project to project, but one of the challenges is always that uh, these things sometimes, well, always take quite a long time to produce. <clears throat> so you're working quite a long way ahead when you start. So we, we're starting out working on something in, say, you know, May, that's not going to see the light of day until potentially the you know certainly the back end of the year, potentially even the beginning mm. of next year. Yes. So, how do you make sure that what we're doing is going to be on trend six months, eight months from now? Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly um, that's part part of the research that that goes into it. So, um, and that's the I suppose the next stage after you've spoken with the client, got the strategy. And then you start doing that research behind what what are the trends going into next year, and not only next year, the following year as well. So there's obviously certain websites that you can go on, <coughs> um, especially like the more creative ones that do actually predict trends of two years coming, and um, more often than not, they're actually bang on. So that does help in your research along the way, um, and then you know you make sure you're hitting the market. The, and the target audience that you want to get to get the message over to. Cool. Okay. So we've got our we've kind of we've come up with a load of different ideas and a load of different routes and things like that. Naturally, that gets pitched to the client. Yeah. Hopefully, the client likes one of those. Yes. Usually, they combine all of them into one mega idea. Yeah. <laughs> the development of. <laughs> so that evolves and changes as as you go along. Once you've got that kind of structure, that, that sort of strategy for how that's going to go go through the whole directory or the whole catalogue, whatever it is we're producing, yeah. what's the next thing we've got to worry about here? I mean, how do we get, you know, hundreds of thousands of catalogue of products into this catalogue? How are they stored or, you know, like, I know we've done different things, we work with different other people's platforms, we've built our own platform to manage other, you know, to manage yeah. assets in that way. Mm-hmm. How does that all work? Uh, <laughs> Mike's expert. It's, yes. Yeah, it's it's kind of a combination of we need we need the list or the details from the client first of all. So once you have all the information, then it's it's kind of a case of then you work up the pagination. Right. So then you work the structure out for the internals of the catalogue. Because then obviously after you've got all the creative, then the creative flows into the inner pages as well. So you have like the introduction opening pages which all get worked up with the you know similar creatives. But then yeah, it, it's a it's a kind of case of um moving through the catalogue, you need to section it off for your different categories or your different headers, like section headers for say for t shirts for instance or boots or you know jackets and coats for instance. Once they're all divided up, once you've got which products you want actually you want going into the actual catalogue, then it's more of a case of getting the images on the pages, getting design, you know, some designs worked up, or if like looking at the, the brand themes as well. 
um, like looking at the brands and working up styles that the brands will be happy with to you know to to sell their product basically. So in an instance like that, you're talking about <coughs> having rather than having just like a, a kind of templated every page looks the same approach to it. If you've got more like a multi-brand catalogue, you're talking about making those pages each one kind of distinct themed, yeah, to like to incorporate the branding basically. Because I mean that that's like one of the things that will change you. Well, it's not somewhat like the branding or their their styles will change year to year because they might present one style one year and then a different style another mm-hmm. year. So it's more of a case of incorporating, like looking at their branding and incorporating that into the designs to actually, you know, make it all gel together basically and sell it. And that's the aim of the aim, name, name of the game. Nice, very nice. <laughs> so when you're pulling it together, Chris, when you're like trying to get get the plan together for something of this sort yeah. of scale, how how on earth do you go about kind of predicting how much time is <coughs> needed to do you know to do that do these pages or the, you know the planning process how much work goes into that side of things uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, sometimes it can be a head scratcher but uh, I think um, the important thing to know see it is as well is preparation is key no matter what size the, the brochure no matter what you know or catalogue however you want it or directory, whatever the terminology the client likes to use, whether it be a 32 page, 64 page, 944 page, it is all in the preparation and in, and when you're working to specific deadlines, especially when it's a printed catalogue, um, you know, you, you've got specific targets that you have to hit along the way and you are you are always dictated by that end and deadline really so uh, you have to set goals along the way um, but in, in order it, it's preparation is everything the more preparation time um, getting the right number of people in you know um, or the right the right level of team and deciding what strengths those people have as well within within our team that so Mike obviously he's very technical minded a bit more production led understands what is required of it, all the detail that goes into it. So as Michael mentioned earlier, that asset management system is very, very key of how we how we manage that um, client content that comes over to us and then rolling it out into the uh, into the pages. That's how they, and when you say an asset management system, that's where the client stores all the products, details, prices, images, you know, Basically everything that's, t- t- that's kind of that's going in, yes. and we can take a feed out of mm-hmm. depending on what you know which system we're using. We take a feed out of that usually and, and plug that straight into into the catalog. Yeah, I mean because the, the more accurate that is as well, the more accurate your catalog is going to be along the way, and that will always help because obviously the, one of the key elements of producing a catalog again, no matter how big or small, that proofread making sure that every every detail, every product detail is absolutely bang on before it goes to print because although we live in a digital world, that can be easily changed. Printed catalogue, that's there to stay and yeah. we have to, the, the accuracy of that is so, so. I think the, um, like the communication with the <coughs> client as well in terms of like the deadlines and in terms of getting the accuracy of the data that we, you know, that we're getting from the client mm. needs to be absolutely spot on because 
It you does. Know, it's essentially that's what that's the data that we're receiving, or you know, when we're talking to the clients and uh, we're communicating with them, and the data we're receiving, um, you know, it has to be it has to be spot on, and it has to be, you know, hopefully finalised when we're putting into the catalogue, so that. I mean, obviously, yes, they do. You know, the, all the proofreading and checking goes ahead. But the the more accurate the data is before we put it into the catalog, then you know, a lot more efficient the job's going to be. Really, it is. Yeah, and like the communication and setting those goals as well is very key when um, working with the clients in in that. So. Um, I will always work to producing a Gantt chart, I suppose, and a timeline that will have set targets of what we need to achieve in order to make sure we've got time to do that proofread and deliver all of um, print files. <coughs> what some of the um, what are some of the challenges I suppose you face? I mean, I know there are many and varied the challenges <laughs> that you face from the start to finish of a big of a big project, but. What are some of the hardest things you have to kind of uh, have to deal with? Getting stuff signed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting it right first. Then, yeah, then get, yeah. Like, get it right first time. It was signed off every time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the challenges, I suppose, a lot of the time we're working with um, our clients' information that is given to us. So um, sometimes when they are in in PSF for instance, and otherwise, they are brand-led. Um, so they have to get the uh, information from the, cli- the, the from their client base uh, and then pass it over to us. So, uh, yeah, that's that's always a challenge in working with, in, in working with the client information provided to us. Because um, it, it just has a, sometimes it will have a knock-on effect on the timings um, that we're trying to, that we're trying to adhere to. So during the build process, I know in in a, in a lot of these catalogues there are tiny details, like little. You know, I'm always astounded by the amount of little details. Like there's a little, you know, in, in that, this one over here, there are tiny little icons that match up and they're drawn and illustrated exactly the same as the product itself. They're all in different colours, and the colours are in the right order. Combinations, and just all, and you know, yeah, all the different sizes, the different price tranches, and all this kind of. All this amount of information, we spend a lot of time focused on the creative side of things and making it look right and everything, but how on earth do you keep all that stuff straight and make sure that all ends up where it's meant to be? <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, it's a case of, say for instance, you, you have some products in here that have 50 different colourways and then you might have, as opposed to it just being like a t-shirt, you might have like, you know, two different colour stripes down or some of the detail of the colours a different colour and, and all of that stuff um, and you know when you're talking to one product that's got 50 different colourways so that's 50 different icons that you're going to have to draw up and then you also have to look at the accuracy of the colours so make sure that they're um, to the right CMYK values so I mean all of that stuff takes time um, and you know we speak to the clients, we look for um, getting the correct data from the client in terms of the CMYK values, um, in terms of looking at the actual product image so we know exactly what we're drawing, so we know what it looks like. Um, but then in terms of, like say for instance, if, if you had like a, a yellow t-shirt with a black stripe on one 
if you just get one uh, image and then you've got like you know so many different colorways then you can't really just say okay right well this is a, a yellow t-shirt but this one's got a red stripe on it yeah you still need to be that accurate and um, because i mean at the end of the day you know if i'm the consumer and i'm looking through the catalog and i'm just you know want to order this t-shirt for instance then it needs to be it, it, it's good because it shows them that it's a yellow t-shirt with a red stripe on because you know there's so many products that you might not necessarily display every single colorway of that product in the catalog so that's why that's where the color swatches come in i suppose i did you know the little tiny icons yeah but, but yeah i mean you know there's there's a lot of detail that goes into it and it's suppose it's stuff like making making sure all the sizing's accurate as well which is always key and, and then all the pricing and you know and it's especially when it comes to all the different languages and and everything you know it's it's, it's challenging yeah. <laughs> put it like that and yeah. that's the sorry oh no i was going to say it's that level of detail of getting the um you know in that instance where we're, we're selling products on the page so the cmyk values for different all the different color swatches that we show that's really key because when customers are looking at that that's what they're buying and that's what they want to buy so uh, that level of detail and accuracy is absolutely imperative yeah okay so once you've got it, you've got you know all the details right on the page we've got the page designed up it's client seen it it's been covered in tracing paper red, cross, red crosses <laughs> yeah <lots of> like, <laughs> Mistake here and move the here, and lots, of that, <laughs> lots of that business. That's the same across the board. Now we've got it. You know, we've nailed it down. Now, as you said, it's you know, it's proofing, and I think that's something that we really um, focus a lot of time and effort on, isn't it? Is making sure that it's, it's been read. It's been read again. Someone else has read it. We've you get the guys that work on the you know social media and the content teams come down and they they read stuff over as well. Yeah. Just so you've got non-designers looking at stuff yes yeah. designers you know not always the greatest at looking at the detail <laughs> and the copy so and like the production checks and stuff yeah. and you know it's all the, the accuracy of that as well so yeah I mean there's you know how many times do you reckon a, a page gets proofed in there oh. say one page well every well, single page I, I always like to think that when when the first page has been designed you do the first proof you do the first proof and then I, I I probably think you were talking. In an ideal world, you'd go through free free proofs for every uh, every spread. I mean, I think I looked at that spread with those aggressive hipster chefs um, in there. That like, ah, yeah. I must have looked at that five times. That spread. Yeah. Like, sure just, I think well. it was just. <laughs> like, I think that was just like luck. But I just happened to end up proofing that same page <clears throat> several times. No, but, just, well, I mean, it, it's even once it's designed, you know, once we're like happy with it and high res it and then send it off and then there's still all the proof in there when we get the printer's proofs back that we're reading it again yes and you know and like the proofreaders <clears throat> read it multiple times we've read it multiple times you know and there's plenty of people who've read it multiple times but it's that it's it's, it's always good to have a fresh pair of eyes because you know i might be looking for specific things on the page because mm. i'll be looking at it from a um a production perspective but then whereas like Chris might come along and, and, and say, well, hang on a minute, why is this image in here? That's completely the wrong image. Or, in, you know, and it's, it's 
going through the different stages, different levels of those checks, which make it as accurate as it is, really, and as thorough as possible. Yeah, I think with the timings um, within all, all brochures that we work on, and um, they are quite often very very tight, and it does ha it does have the you know opportunity I suppose to uh, to go a little bit you know something get missed right. <laughs> yes <laughs> so the more eyes you have on it you know the better it is and that's what that's what I do do like about us all coming together as a team to start working together on that that side of mm. things it's social guys coming in and and viewing and seeing things that yeah looking at it from a different because sometimes you get so involved in the job. It is easy to to miss yeah, the glaring things that's right in front of you. So, yeah, fresh. Okay. Yeah. So once it's once we're all done, well, like there or thereabouts. Tell me a bit about the like the process with the printers and how we kind of how we work with the printer to help make sure that we get a great you know that ultimately that finished article represents what we what we wanted it to look like when we started designing it. Okay, so the initial conversations with the printers would start right at the very beginning of the process as well, because that's where your creative comes into it as well. Um, in terms of what cover finish you want with it, you know, you've got very multiple different options. Um, we've got a hard case bound here. <coughs> we've got a soft touch laminate cover here, uncoated die stock, stuff. die cuts, yeah. spot UVs. Um, and it's giving the client those opportunities as well, and it's a, and it's always good to have those conversations with the printers because they're keeping up to date with technology, so and mm -hmm. all these new pr processes. So it's always good to get those different options. So uh, yeah, so I I will in in my instance keep keep close contact with the printers, keep them up to date at the timings where we're up to, when they can expect things. That helps them get, get that relationship, and then that's where. We kind of hand over to young Michael here, and he'll uh, he'll he'll manage the process of the production side. So once all the um, once all the spreads have been signed off uh, for creative look and feel and the detail, then it gets we have to go through the process of sending print ready files. So yeah, so I mean, in terms of that, so yeah, once it's all signed off, then one like one of the ways that we manage. Um, well, I suppose a couple of them with the pricing, we, we use spot colours, something we call spot colours. So it's, um, we'll use a, a standard four colour, so CMYK, so it's your, what is it, your cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And then we'll add an additional black for, um, to basically. So, yeah. Sounds like. Um, Just an ambulance coming to sounds, collect. Sounds like out of. Um, what is it, Jason Bourne? <laughs> it sounds like Someone's sirens out of that, that then. That's <laughs> what it's like down in downtown Audrey. <laughs> like some sort of yeah. some sort of a spy trying to get away from some He's government smash operative. In the <laughs> well, they just coming through the window. If you're, not, if you're not watching, you missed that. If you're just listening, then um, you won't have appreciated the spy. It did just make me smile then, because I thought you were questioning what CMYK was. <laughs> no, I was just trying to get it in order then. I was like, what? Is it? It's red, green and blue. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hang on, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> Police have gone. It's all fine. <laughs> Back to it. We know what CMYK is. So yeah, so you're using the, the extra spot black, you say? Yeah, so because, I mean, with a lot of the catalogues, what we'll do, we'll do a price version, and then we do one price version. So with the pricing, we'll have that in a spot black, so that when we set the pages up, they, they'll get printed. So that um, 
once it like say for the non-price version then the printer the printers can just take the spot black out so then there's no pricing going out on the on actual pages which is you know it's a really effective way mm. and I think that's something that's really good about what you know what you guys do which is working with the printers and thinking up ways that ultimately we can save money for the client and that, that's a way of not having to create new plates and do it's that whole thing again mm-hmm. because we're thinking oh there's a clever way we can do this and make that work and you know and I think that's I mean with a lot of these catalogues it's all about being as efficient as possible yes. and mm-hmm. um, you know trying to either automate things and um, get things as accurate as possible but also get them done as fast as possible because you know at the end of the day time's money I suppose so it's you know if you can do it in a, a clever way then you're saving the client money as well aren't you absolutely yeah and I know you guys you, you often go to the printers when it's kind of proofing time yes um, usually the, usually with these jobs there isn't the time to get <clears throat> the finished proof you know or like a wet proof off the press posted to us and checked before we let you go and actually check it on the press when you it, it's always good you know in an ideal world you would have your, your book proof sent out to you you sign that off but I always think there's so much value in actually going colour colour checking on press making mm. um, sure you're happy with all the absolutely. levels of the colours that are coming out making sure yeah. images aren't too dark for instance yeah um, you know making sure that like the blues look as blue as possible yeah you know there's not too much red in there, for instance, so everyone's looking sunburned. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, there's always a little variance that you just need to look out for. And it's always, there's always value in spent in investing that, that time of going to the pre- pre-pass, um, the press pass, sorry. Mm. Yeah. And then that just leaves that the last bit, which is, I think it was my least favourite part, which is the bit where it's <coughs> gone to print, it's being printed, but they, it hasn't arrived yet. And it's waiting for that final thing to arrive <laughs> on the client's desk and to leaf through it and hoping that, you know, someone in sales doesn't say, on page number 473, there's a full stop missing or uh, <laughs> yeah. something like that, which is, just seems to be where everyone gets a catalogue in their hands like, well, there'll be something in here. I can find something in here that's wrong. And mostly there isn't. There's always yeah. something. Like, there's always something. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's one of those where we, I think after all the hard work and efforts that, you know, not just me and Mike, but the whole team put in, it does feel a little bit like Christmas where you're anticipating and waiting for that to be delivered. Um, and it, yeah, because overall, doing these things, yes, they are hard work and there's a lot of detail that goes into them, but there's so much fun. It, mm. Really, so much fun to build. It's always a big achievement to get you out of the size. To see that, you know, and I think, yeah, that, you know, I know we live in a digital world and, you know, we talk a lot on here, we talk a lot about the digital stuff that we do, but I do still, you know, I absolutely love a, you know, this, a thing, like a real physical absolutely. thing that you can flick through. Mm. And I think that's true of, you know, people's customers and certainly some of these industries with people we work in, they they still like to have that physical thing to, to turn the pages yeah. off and, you know, I think that, I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, anytime soon no absolutely not yeah, absolutely not any other little uh, tidbits or interesting stories to share on that subject <laughs> um, it's just just getting back to what Chris said the, you know it's it was, generally with these catalogues they are very intense and they're a lot of hard work but 
one of the one of the really good things about it is it's the team you work with and although it's intense you know you can still have a laugh and and when you need five minutes to walk off and have a fresh breath of fresh right, air, time. Um, a little time out, a little time out. <laughs> yeah, Mike, go and sit down over there for a bit, <laughs> a bit roundy. Yes. And uh, yeah, just plenty of Red Bull keeps you going, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen anyone get through so much Red Bull, is he? <laughs> no, no. But overall, I mean, it is. Um, it, it, I, I always view it from. Uh, working with the printers, working with the clients, working with our own internal team to put these together. It's one big team effort that mm. we all come together and we all take part in. And the sense of achievement at the end is, you know, it's testament to every member of that team. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, and I suppose <coughs> like one, of the, one of the good things is the feedback from the clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, say, say, for instance, I mean, you know, the real life job, they were... Uh, Mm. suitably impressed this year weren't they? I, I think overall we always we always seem to get good feedback from our clients don't yeah. we in well, the customer yeah. base yeah I think it goes back to the very beginning that you said at the, at the very start which is it's all about did you understand the client's business did you understand what they wanted to achieve <clears throat> if you understand that properly and then you have good creative ideas yeah. and then you've got good production and good um, technical skills in the middle there you will end up with something that the client's going to be happy with and you don't have to sit there and go, oh, I hope they like it in the end because you know you're going to because you start <laughs> yeah. you started from the right place. Yes. And I think that's what, you know, again, all, all of these, these jobs we've been doing recently have had great fever because we've taken the time to really understand what it is, you know, what it is they want. And I think that's the true of any, of any job, really, of any creative job, but, but particularly so with something of this scale that you, you just kind of, you have to keep an eye on what that original plan was that original strategy for the thing and follow that right mm-hmm. through to the end. And I mean, I, I suppose that's one thing that Chris is very good at because, um, you know, after the initial briefs been taken and you go away do concepts and stuff, some of those concepts might be a little bit out of the box. Um, but then, unlike even when it comes to like the design of the pages, Chris still always goes back to, well, okay, does it follow this, what the client's asking for? Which is, you know, one thing which is uh, he's alright I suppose <laughs> the one thing that Chris is alright just, just, just the one do you have faint praise from Mike there. you must be so proud of Chris you yeah. can uh, ask him to write that I was, I was going to write that down as a little testimonial Chris is actually alright at doing this great sounds a lot I've said it on camera thanks for some camera that's it yeah well thank you very much gentlemen for that that was very interesting I hope that you found it interesting too um, in other news my headache is starting to go away so uh, you'll be relieved on. to know about that a new thing that I didn't think would work I'll be honest it, it, it did start dribbling sort of into my eye during things so at one point I did think um, <coughs> I, I was going to do myself <laughs> I think maybe I'll put it but uh, I'm going to go and have a little nap now I think that's really the best thing for me um so yes, thank you as always for watching or listening, however you are uh, consuming us. Um, we'll be back next time with more interesting things about something. Um, I don't know what yet, but it'll be almost certainly fascinating. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. You have to say goodbye, Chris. Oh, goodbye. Can't. <laughs> say goodbye. They can't. Not everyone here is <laughs> Say goodbye. Let's try that again. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Toodles.